Hello, welcome to Black Cap Recap, where two bald guys wear black ball caps and dive into the deeper meaning of movies, TV, and media. We're your co-hosts, Sean McCannelly and Aaron Russo. This is a conversation between two friends, and we hope that you enjoyed as much as we do. So this episode, we are going to be jumping into The Expanse Season 2, um, which Sean has just recently finished um, and that I watched a while back. Um, so we're going to jump right into our discussion of Season 2, um, and I will try to, number one, not spoil anything, yeah. and number two, uh, try to keep my season straight in my yeah. head so that I don't... Uh, forget which season I'm talking about. So but. let me recap it because I it's recent in my head and I yes. then it can solidify. So okay. um, from season one, the proto-molecule is loose on Eros, the asteroid. And um, that's kind of the first five episodes or so is like the Eros crisis or the Eros situation. And uh, through that plot line, um, Eros has kind of got a mind of its own and it's like kind of steering itself and it heads towards Earth. And they're like very baffled by what's going on with that. Um, and through a series of events, um, the plan is to um, basically blow it off course, um, redirect it uh, away from Earth, um, with either with explosives. I think first was the Nauvoo was the plan. Like so Fred Johnson just hijacks it straight up and he's going to drive it right into it to knock it off course. But I think that it gets out of the way or like it misses or something and then so they have to use these bombs instead or they were using the bombs in conjunction with the Nauvoo at the same time Earth Earth, I believe launched that's right nuclear missiles Earth launched nuclear missiles at them and then the the OPA was given yeah so like they have because of the time delay they have to there has to be like local guidance of missiles like that and so Earth is, like, forced to give tactical control of these nukes to to the OPA, to Fred Johnson. Um, And I think he does manage to steal some of them, it sounds Mm -hmm. like. Um, And then Naomi helps, like, crack the code for them. So, like, now they have control of these missiles, right? So that's a piece of the plot. But Joe Miller um, is basically trapped on Eros and not able to leave because the nuke has, like, a dead man switch kind of situation going on with it. And he just instead just ventures all the way into the core and he figures out on his way in that like basically basically julie mao as like patient zero has like she's as patient zero of the proto molecule she is kind of the eros now like eros has Mm -hmm. like absorbed her like personality or her essence and she is basically like her wanting to go home like her deepest need right now is to go home is like actually driving the asteroid home to earth in a way and so he kind of takes it on himself to uh, intervene with her and they have like a touching moment and he basically he convinces her to go to crash into Venus instead of go to Earth so that happens they crash into Venus um, which kind of ties up that first five episode arc um, and meanwhile I guess pertinent for the plot is like Naomi and the Ro- the Rossi crew they have their protomolecule sample sample that they got from the safe from the ship that Julie was on and they decide to like hide it in an asteroid or near an asteroid somewhere in the middle of nowhere um, I guess for safekeeping and that'll come into play later on um so like the rest of the season really shifts to ganymede which is a moon of jupiter um and it is like what they call the bread basket of the kind of system like that's where they grow a lot of food outer through um they have like mirrors that reflect sunlight into greenhouses and like 
we were introduced to a uh, character Prax, who is like a botanist. His daughter is May. Um, and also intersecting with this is um, our a new character, Martian Marine Sergeant Roberta Bobby Draper. Um, so we get to see a little bit of like the Martian mindset, Martian perspective um, through this character, Bobby. I really like her arc. I like her in general, and I like her story in the season. She's a solid character who is going through some really interesting things. Mm-hmm. Um, her her journey just is so interesting for this whole season. But it starts with her. I mean, we kind of start the whole season with her kind of training on Mars or whatever, so you can kind of see how that looks. But like ultimately, they're on Ganymede and like this no man's land line and there's like an incident that happens so kind of it's not clear until the end what's going on but like um there is like the earth marines are approaching the dmz zone where the martian marines are and the earth marines are firing and so martian marines return fire but everyone ends up getting blown up or killed except for bobby draper um but she swears she sees in her like delusional state she swears she sees like this kind of creature like a a person without Someone a wasn't wearing a suit not wearing a vac suit and like green blue eyes right and um there's a lot of pressure on her from the martians to like get her story straight and be the good soldier and basically lie um she's pulled in she goes to earth for the first time to like be a part of the kind of testimony group because it kind of creates like a crisis because in this cold war it's like a it's like an incident like the cuban missile crisis like it's the closest thing to a shooting war there is it's a it's a shooting battle that hasn't happened in a long time between Earth and Mars and like has the potential of blowing up into this bigger thing. And so they have to kind of resolve that by going to the Earth. And so she's on Earth for the first time at the UN and she she says she gives like the party line, but I think she lets slip in there, like that she knows a little more or that they kind of like correct her in the moment and Avasarala picks up on that and she um they uh Bobby goes like she escapes her her, her like apartment there because right. she really wants to see the ocean. She carves the seal. So she figures out how to get out and gets and she kind of sees like how Earth people live a little bit. We got to see some of that, um, the desperation of the population and um, and then she sees the ocean. But like, um, Avasarela has this like uh, former you know military guy as her bodyguard, um, and he you know tracks her down and basically she. She confirms that Bobby didn't wasn't just seeing things like there really is this like super soldier that uses the proto molecule. So that tells us that it's it's out there. Like the proto molecule wasn't just on arrows, and it's not like up until now we had the sample that was hidden, and we had the arrows um, crashed into Venus. And we think and uh, and Holden is like dead set. Like this season, Holden is is like uh, Moby Dick. Like right? it's his white whale to kill. They get rid of all portal molecule. He's obsessed with like get, removing all traces of it, um, like beyond obsessed with it. Um, that's what's driving him. Um, but she, Avasarala confirms that it's uh, that Earth or that Mars. She's like, hey, your Martian government created this thing, and they used you as like a demo, basically, to show it off or whatever. Um, but then she either was mistaken about that. I think she was mistaken about that intentionally because. Or the other guy, Sadevir, has been in cahoots with Mao the whole time. And basically, Mao's behind it, and he's trying to profit off the either a balance of power or, like, profit from being the chess master of, of Earth and Mars and, like, keep the war going or keep the tension going. That's what he wants. And so, like, um, at this point, we know Earth and Mars have this protomolecule uh, technology. And 
Um, that brings back the Rossi crew. So they are working with Prax to find her daughter on Ganymede. And that's kind of unveiling this like kind of plot that like the guy that was May's pediatrician is somehow involved with like researching kids like her because she has like an immunal immunal compromise or she has some kind of um, medical problem that they uncover that like yeah they're experimenting on humans with protomolecule and it seems like this super soldier thing is a result of that um, or that they're part of like Mao's research for this I call him Chairman Mao all the time (laughs) it's not really what his name is but um, maybe he's the chairman of this company Um, but anyway there is a super soldier. The super soldier that was at the Ganymede attack is like loose on Ganymede, and um, Holden's like trying to kill it with the Rossi. But meanwhile, Naomi's trying to help all the refugees get off Ganymede because it's getting unstable. Because Main or Prax can tell that it's going to like the whole thing's gonna collapse. He has kind of like the Ian Malcolm sense that like the system's gonna collapse. This like artificial it's from the. His- yeah, like his biological... What he sees going on biological in the Biological chaos, yeah, chaos theory kind of idea. Like mm-hmm. he's very much, He reminded me of Ian Malcolm in that way from Jurassic Park. Like he could just, he's like calling it that this place is falling apart and nobody knows it yet. You don't know it until it's too late, right? But so like Naomi's fighting um, or she's trying to get everyone off the station, but they have this like crisis with, you know, there's only 50 seats and hundreds of people and they have to like um, kind of... In the moment, the, the belters like have to um, kind of stand up and prove themselves like the best people morally in the in the system by like they voluntarily like arrange by the children first and then they go up from age there until they're full so like anyone over 20 or whatever is doomed and they um so that's like a good moment i guess for the belters um and anyway um at some point holden and naomi holden convinces naomi to destroy the sample he's like um, we can't have this like out there. And so she appears to do that, but turns out we know at the time, but Holden doesn't, that she just ran the simulation. So it looked like on her screen that it was blown up, but she knows that it wasn't. So we have this tension. It was like a very um, Chekhov's gun moment where it's like, you know, if you see the gun on the wall, that, that's like the, the trope of that. If there's a gun on the wall in the first act, like somebody better use it by the end of the, at the end of the story. Otherwise it's like a waste, right? So it's like, we know that, um, we know for several episodes that she has the secret and they're intimate, right? So it's like, this is like, this is going to blow up in someone's face, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and at the very end, um, well, they get rid of, so the Ganymede super soldier finds its way is on the Rossi, turns out. It's like, and it's trying to get to, I guess it feeds on energy. So it's trying to get right. to their core. Their and if it gets to the reactor, it'll blow up the ship. So they like come up with this plan to basically distract it with a tactical nuke core and like get it out and have it like chase it like like a dog you know <laughs> and it does and then they blow it up with the engine um but then when all that dust is settled uh the season ends with naomi confessing to hold him that um she didn't blow it up she didn't destroy the sample and in fact she uh gives this winding up speech to the fact that like this is just part of the world now like the, the, the for better or worse protomolecule is part of humanity's story now and we have to like move forward from that and to that extent or to that end she uh she she gave it to fred johnson so it shows fred johnson belt should have it so belt should have it too so at at the end of season two at the beginning of season one it was on eros as far as we knew and at the end of season two all of our factions have it um they all have access to this now is that the last is the last scene is fred johnson like retrieving the sample that's the final scene of season two i think so okay yeah 
All right, I need to make sure I know that because I don't want to mess up. Yeah, so we don't know. Well, there's also, so like the other, I guess, parallel to that, back to the Eros thing, like there's a scientific vessel that goes to Venus yeah. mm -hmm. and is trying to like drop samples and like, cause they're seeing all kinds of weird activity on their scopes and stuff at the crash site. And then like one, one probe does make it down with like a brief view. And it's like, there's almost like these protomolecule like trees or whatever growing. Yeah. Like it's like protomolecules like survived, I guess this collision. And mm -hmm. it's like doing something on Venus. And they decide to like get down there with their ship. And then it like, splits apart like a like a schematic like it it like intelligently breaks the ship into its pieces piece by piece and like spreads it all out but everyone dies because they're just you know on the ship and by the way did you notice one of the guys on the ship Adam is Adam Savage. Savage from Mythbusters that's so great that was so funny I love that so much um but I think there was a Martian ship that was trailing them and it went in like once once the the UN ship that was just a science vessel decided to go down but the martian ship like went faster than them down and then it just like disappeared off the scopes and then right after that the un ship blew up so i think both of these ships the protomolecule like defended itself against these ships so we're that yeah we're left with like all the factions have protomolecule and we can see what it can do so like just one protomolecule like monster was able to do a lot of damage um fred johnson has missiles too so he has missiles that he could put protomolecule on i guess or whatever because um, and, you know, Fred Johnson had to, like, fight off, like, a coup by some other factions of the OPA who wanted the missiles, and, like, they tried to take over the station at some point, Tycho Station, um, and he, you know, they were able to put that down. those were Dawes. Yeah, Dawes, yeah, and, like, Dawes took the scientist um, that they found early on, like, Dawes stole it. So, the, yeah, there's this, like, um, at, I like the episode where there's, like, the we have these missiles, what should we do with them decision where like all of the OPA factions kind of met right. and like had a council almost, a council of Elrond, right? And like there was a lot of politics and diplomacy going on there where like they even like accepted Holden as like one of their own even though he's an earther. Um, and like, you know, Fred Johnson realized that like as an earther, he'll never be accepted as a true OPA. So he like elevates Anderson Dawes as like the face in front of this, but right. like he fancies himself the kingmaker to Anderson Dawes King. Like if I can't be the king, I'll be the kingmaker kind of. Right. So there's like a lot of cool stuff going on there, but yeah, it ends up like that was very short lived kind of unity because immediately Anderson Dawes like takes the scientist with him, um, which I don't know. Like I guess if he has the scientist, but not the protomolecule, which Fred Johnson has. Like now there's this tension of like, do they come back together and combine the scientific know how with the protomolecule material to bring them together, or like is there just gonna be this like each side has one piece of the puzzle and they can't, neither one can do what they need to without the other yet. And like, that's the tension now. Right. I think that it's, it's symbolic of the fact that the OPA is never unified. Yeah. And cause then that I same won't. console was the group that then ends up like trying to take over Fred Johnson's place and steal the missiles. Cause that guy was like, we need to just right. use the missiles on both Mars and earth and just like right. flex, right. Flex for them. And you, you have, you have a really, Like you can see how the OPA is like the classic, it's the classic scenario, right? It's like the OPA is the freedom fighters, but they have all the same tendencies as Earth and Mars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like they, there, there's a power struggle going on and they really ultimately just want to be, you know, become like, that's one angle you could take is that they're, they, they just want to become their oppressors. Yeah. Um, and I guess, so like where I'm left with this is, at the end of the season, I'm not necessarily rooting for the belt. I'm rooting for the belt more than Earth. 
and I think I'm rooting for Mars the most, but only because, like, I understand, like, the whole chain of command drama. Like, so they were, like, trying to keep her, like, so hard. like, so, like, Mao, Mao is working with, Mao is, like, basically, he was selling that tech to either side, and, like, that immediate incident was, like, the demo reel to sell it. I guess, or like maybe he started with Earth or started with Mars and then Earth got wind of it and wanted it too. So he was like, well, I'll just play you off each other and like sell it to the highest bidder or whatever. And he's trying to like keep a balance or that he can control as like a, he's like rising beyond the idea of like quote unquote nation state or like he's like a system, like they say, like a man of the system, right? It's like Mao? Yeah, Mao. Like he's a war profiteer. Yeah, so, yeah. but he's like, he was, he would be like somebody that we would consider today who's like, yeah, they're technically a citizen of wherever, but they're like, they're such a tech billionaire that they have like the yeah. ultimate fu money, where they can like literally control He's, the world. His with their only wealth. allegiance is to himself. Yeah. And and profits. Right. He's the classic stand-in for like, like corporate people. They don't care who yeah. the customer is, right? He's kind of like Tony Stark. He's like yeah. Oh, you know, I'm just. Or he's like I'm just what's that guy from um, yeah. like the Ayn Rand novels? That's like the ruthlessly individualistic capitalist guy yeah that's what he is yeah that's, and that's why his daughter yeah she went fuck off yeah, yeah yeah she went like radical or whatever it'd yeah. be like yeah if like a big like if like jeb bush's daughter became like a like, yeah, like antifa or something yeah yeah and that and the, the the brilliance of this of the story is that it's just it's it's none of that is that's that's just the same story we've yeah been telling yep but it's just telling it in this other, yeah. you know, inter- inter- interstellar, whatever, context, where now the factions are Mars and Earth mm-hmm. with this, you know, exploited population that is providing the resources but constantly in poverty. I mean, none of this is new to the human story. Right. But it's told with different characters and, the, you know, with, with spaceships and, mm-hmm. and science fiction and, and cool science things but i think it's it's just it's such a perfect blend i think and i think season two just does this it does goes right in the same it's like you have you have like the you have the the corporate interests and then you have the three political factions and all the main characters are it it show the story tells you how like it's like it's like like Naomi's a perfect example, mm-hmm. right? Like she's she's just a person trying to survive in the world, and as, as her character goes forward, it's it's a very good story. She's such a such an example of like like you can't really like the, the who, who are any of these people? Yeah, are you an well, Earther? Are you a Belter? Are you a Martian? Like yep. Amon, you know, or even um, Kamal. Kamal, like, like it's like he's a Martian, but he's. Mm-hmm. He's an earther, but he's sympathetic to the, you know, mm-hmm. and, and all of these people are kind of, their own identities are fractured. Mm-hmm. And the story does a really good job of by putting all these people together and having them gel. Yeah. Right? It's like, like the lessons, you're not, none of you are any one of these factions. Yeah, yeah right? that's like, true. You're, like, and we found out that Naomi has a child who... It, she is separated from uh, again, like she lost a child not died but like the kid is like lost somehow like she can't find the kid so I don't remember what so you, I don't know what that, you learned in season two that was in that was when they were trying to find they're trying to find May and like she's connecting with Prax about that and like because yeah. he's like no we should go over here and there was like a question of like do we keep going after the kid or do something else and he's like no we gotta go after the kid and she 
um, like she that's when she tells him her story a little bit yeah and then and then he's like something like like would you listen to anyone who told you what you're telling me right and then she's like no you're right and then they move on but so we learned that about her that's all we know I don't know if Holden even knows that I assume not right she's like really tight-lipped about that mm-hmm. um, and then we learn a bit more about Amos or he seems to let on like, I think Prax is like you don't he's like you know a like scary amount of things about people dying or something like because like, Amos keeps like he has all this morbid knowledge about stuff and it's like what has this guy seen and done um, you know he, he implies like when they're on Ganymede there's like this guy who's like a low-level like trader guy or whatever he like trades like sex for food or whatever the chicken man right he like he really has chicken. intel and he has the, he He's has the intel that leads them yeah he like he knows how to get uh he can find out where may is through the security systems or okay. so they got to deal with this guy but like amos like let's let's uh prax know kind of how things are and it's like you can't really tell if he's speaking from first person experience of either a perpetrator or a victim of what he's talking about right. but like the desperation of like mothers on earth and the things they like like life on the streets for a homeless mother and their kids and you're like gosh like is he was he one of those kids was he one of those like pimps or like which side of which side of the experience is he speaking from because i can't tell and i'm like ah like who is this guy <laughs> you know what, um, what what we know about amos up to this point i mean it's it's pretty strongly implied that he's a sympathetic character yeah like he's not an all bad no. type so I don't think that it's a spoiler to say that the implication is that he's been he was traumatized mm-hmm. that not that he was necessarily a traumatizer right and even when he's at his worst he's there for the right reasons mm-hmm. like he's not malicious he's more like he's like the playground bully he's like he's like the he's the guy who defends you from the playground yeah. bully but he's a little off his it. rocker yeah like you, go you could have protected me without taking that guy's head off. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, and and that's what I think is so. In, in, you you know like you you know that. Th- I think his relationship with Naomi shows you that he's self aware enough to know like that he needs someone like Naomi in his mm-hmm. life to like check him. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to get out of control, but mm-hmm. he's not a bad person. Right. But he's really screwed up. Yeah. And. He's clearly conditioned from something yeah. to have a very... He's a street fighter. He's yeah, like, so I'm really interested. I think it, we learned this from Baltimore, whatever that looks like in 2350. But um, I'm curious to see like more about him. Oh, and he'll, get, he'll get it. Let's talk about Bobby Draper. So she starts out as this like hardcore drink the Kool-Aid She's Martian the true Marine. believer. She's the... And she yeah. ends up as a political society. She defected... Mm-hmm. Right, she defected to, um, to Earth because like the UN, the UN, the place where they were meeting, like right. she is, was on she UN, was to, she was on Martian territory. Yeah, and so she, she was, was able to room. get like run across and escape the room yeah. after it's she like, like beat up, thing. Yeah, she like beat up her superior officer once yeah. he basically told her your confessor like let slip or over that that this was all like she was a pawn basically. She so she she has her moment of disillusionment with the Martian side, right. and she like. It becomes an asylum to the UN to Earth, and now she and then she ends up in the very end as part of like of of Asarala's like crew, like her like two bodyguards. The ones she, that go to she has her Earth bodyguard Mal. and her Martian one, and they're in the meet. She's in the meeting with Mal. I just love that scene where like 
they walk in and she like so Eva Sorella is like a queen where she's like these are my these are my aides and she's like so regal and then like the other guy's like a cool operator he's like I don't like any of this this is all trap and then she's like oh cucumber sandwiches and she's like she's like in awe at this beautiful yacht and like she's like eating the food and like the other guy's like looking around the first threats and it's just it's really interesting how like uh, you know just the different reactions are so funny does she want to talk to us I think so Yes. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. No, no. Yeah. No. <laughs> I just was like, I wanted a bag like that, and they, they had one for free at the thing. All uh, right, I was talking about. I think, I think the interesting thing with Bobby is that she's, again, it's a perfect example of like an everyday person you know, being hit from all these different sides. Like, it's just a perfect example yeah. of this episodes. These episodes, like, she's sitting in the room and she's got the Martian people over here and they're like, this is what you're going to say. And then she's got Avasarala over here, like, knowing that something else is going on and milking it out of her. And, like, she's totally, she's this, she's trying to be true to herself. Mm -hmm. And she's totally getting that, it's all being yeah. taken out from under her. And, and I love that it was like a, literally a fish out of water because she has to go to Earth where she's never been. And like Martians have to like wear like sun visors and like everyone makes fun of them. And yeah, because yeah. they like vomit when they step on Earth's gravity because they have a really, they it's simulate 1G for like training. But like it's different to like, and she's never seen the sun and like the birds and like the sky, wide open sky without a vet, yeah. like without. So it's like, it's really great that like, yeah, they literally move her as a fish out of water. In this show, yeah, she's super sympathetic in this yeah. in this season. I really I like a root for her. I really want, yeah. I want things to turn out well for her, and I'm excited to see where she goes. And she's just like a great. It's just great. Like I love it when a show, yeah, they they quote unquote kill off Joel Miller. We'll see. You know, I got to see a body before I believe anyone's dead. You know what I mean? And even then, sometimes. So I don't know, <laughs> but like, um, we're introduced to Prax and Bobby are our two main new people, mm -hmm. and they're both interesting characters. You know, Prax is like kind of the pragmatic sympathizer for him when he finds his daughter. And I guess we should say like they, we they don't know that his daughter's alive, but we see that she is alive and part of the experiment of like this pediatrician guy, and they're on Io, um, which is like a moon of Saturn, I guess, or somewhere. And so that opens up. That I guess that's also how it ends. Maybe that's how that. Maybe that's the last scene. Is like they put her, she's putting her like in the freezing chamber thing, and then they're like it's like the, the Matrix where there's like all these like banks of cryo chambers uh, this guy is like it's a it's a classic it's a classic narrative of like it's like it's like the classic example of like the uber corporate government like, <laughs> yeah you know, like diabolical mm -hmm. you know like Wayland yutani at the end we're actually experimenting on humans not just humans cute little girls yeah <laughs> like it's like they are so <laughs> treacherous yeah and M mao is Mao and the people in the Martian government and the people mm -hmm. in in the Earth government, right? That what's his name was was conspiring. Yeah, as so well. Sadavir basically betrayed Avasarala to her face, like over the like over the intercom. Like yeah. he threw her on the bus. Like when she was uh, vulnerable, he basically was like, "I." And he he assassinates the Martian prime minister or the Martian defense minister through this poison, when it looks like a heart attack. Right. So he like made his move, right? What was his name again? That guy. It was like it's not a Russian, basically. Something. The American guy. Sadavir, right? 
I don't know. Oh, you mean like the bodyguard guy? No, no, no. I mean the 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 guy who was the traitor. Yeah, Sadavir. Sadavir, is that yeah. his name? Okay. Sadavir is like her number two guy. Right. And he was the one that was conspiring. Earlier, he had confessed to her that he was like working with Mao on this technology. Project right. Caliban is called. Right. And um, he pretended to be a feel bad about it. Yeah. But he was... But he's really making moves. Through and through. Yeah. Committed to it. But then that plan's foiled because she got, you know... She made it through that, like, because Bobby Draper, like, figured out a way out right. of the room. She needed, with her. those people needed to die yeah. to keep the secret. Yes. And they didn't. So they didn't because she got to her power armor and was able to, like, come back and rescue everyone. So, like, they're kind of on their own. Like, where, like, what are they supposed to do now? Like, she's on the outs from the UN and Bobby's on the outs from the Martians. And so, like, they're, they're, they're their own crew now. Like, are they going to be part of the Rossi or are they going to be their own trio? And where do they go? Do they go to Fred Johnson? Like, that's so great. Like, I just love that. Like, what are these, what are these three supposed to do now? Uh, they're their own little crew now. And, like, what's going to happen next? So oh, I love it. Keep watching. <laughs> I, think, I think that also one thing that was worth pointing out in this season, too, was that, um, you know, the proto-molecule is... So one thing that the proto-molecule proto does, right, is it brings out the worst in everybody. Yeah. Right? Like, like the proto-molecule is actually not bad. Like, the proto-molecule doesn't show up and go, I'm going to invade this child's body, right? It's like, yeah, it's people is it, taking... Is it a biologic... Is it, does it have a mind of its own? Or is it, like, is it alien? Is it, like, what is it? Is, is, is it <laughs> I know we're supposed to still, like, be, have a mystery about it, where it's like, is it like a virus which seems to have a mind of its own? It seems to have intelligence, but it's just a virus? Like, it's just pro following programming? Or is it, like, guided? Or is it, so we don't, is it alive in a way we don't consider alive? For the sake right? of this conversation, we don't know that. Right. What we do know, the only thing we need to know right now is that it's, it's, so Mao sees it as something mm -hmm. he can weaponize and sell. Yeah. And then he's, he knows he's got customers in Mars, Earth, and the belt. Mm -hmm. And he's willing to, you know, do anything, conspire with anyone on any side, because he doesn't have a side, to, you know, so, so the proto-molecule is like, you know, it's the thing that makes that world go round. Um, and then you have, like, the proto-molecule as, like... Like you said, so like, so like for the everyday person, uh -huh. right? Like the people on Eros or the Rosinante crew, right? It's just this dangerous thing. They got to yeah. get it. They got to, yeah. like, from the, from the, from the, because they saw on the ground, what happened on Eros. For, for, for Mao and the people in the leadership of these governments who really don't care about people like yeah. Holden and Naomi, uh -huh. they don't care if they die from proto molecule, right? Mm -hmm. Like, but from their perspective, it's like, we got to eradicate this thing. Yeah. Right? So they're in opposition to, these powerful people, which is why Naomi's story is so compelling, right? Mm -hmm. Because like she takes a side mm -hmm. in relationship to, and, and that continues. Like her story is, mm -hmm. is basically about her, the complexity of her identity as a belter, yeah. as it relates to, you know, all these other things that are going on. Mm -hmm. And she clearly chooses not completely, but she plays her hand. She says, I'm, I'm a belter, yeah. like, at the end of the day. And so the proto-molecule is kind of like, it's a plot device at this point that's going to become something far more than that. Okay. But, but it is, it's going to become more of a character in the story and more of a, more of a, yeah. Yeah. But, because it's like, the and like the meta point of the proto-molecules, it's like, 
it's just like, again, Ian Malcolm's speech from Jurassic Park. It's like before we even understand this thing, we're patenting it and we're yeah. weaponizing it and we're selling it and we're yeah. like, and they put on a lunchbox and like, it, like you said, it's like you didn't stop to ask whether you should. You only asked if you could. And like, can we do with this thing? And it's like, what should we do with it? And it's like we immediately like oh there's gold let's kill each other over it oh there's oil let's kill each other over it oh there's nuclear technology let's kill each other over it oh there's nanotech let's kill each yeah, other you like this is humanity season. over and over and over it's like the first human was like oh I like your rock no I like it I'm gonna kill you over it right. like that first piece of like oh you used a rock as a chipper thing I want it I'm gonna kill you over it all the way to like let's fight each other about nukes and then in the future let's fight over this like foreign thing uh, wait till nothing's you see new. the rest of the story <laughs> <laughs> And I think I think that that's that's what this what the show does well, apart from being visually well done mm-hmm. and well written, and you know is it's just a really I think it's similar to Game of Thrones or you could even say to some degree Star Wars is that it takes these universal themes of human history and like governments and mil- war and philosophical things and it like and it. it puts it in a really good package and tells a f- story that feels new. Mm-hmm. It's like a, an old story that yeah, feels new. that's why I like it, yeah. And it does it in a way that's compelling. Yeah. Even though, like, there are times when you're watching it where you're like, I know where this is going because I, I've heard this story yeah. before. Yeah, But it's but still good it out, yeah. because you love the characters. Uh-huh. You want to see what's going to happen to them. You want to learn more about them. And you want to see... The tech. I, the I cool really like, stuff, yes. right. Yeah, like... Like, and, and that's, and that's the sign of a, of a great, you know, there isn't really anything new under the sun, right? Yep. So you, if you can tell something old and make it new, then there you go. Yep. And that's what they're doing really, really well. And that's what I think is great about good science fiction mm. is it's in the future, but it's really just human beings in the same situation. All right, well, that should wrap it up. Uh, it's a quick one today. Uh, so we'll see you again next time for either Expanse Season 3 or something else. Thanks for listening.